Street Crypto, broadcasting live from Leander, Texas. It is 5.47 in the morning, and it's March 15th, 2022. And uh, yeah, it's Tuesday. This is episode number 428. Yeah, man. I think if you're uh, watching or listening on Spotify, it's episode 100. And I wanted to make 100 episode 100 notable but uh it's probably not going to be a very notable episode it's just on me talking about just some twitter news and the executive order on biden and stuff like that um but uh yeah it is what it is man you know i i just uh, uh this is my morning video blog aka brain dump and i just talk about things that i'm learning in crypto on a daily basis and sometimes it's like mind-blowing stuff and other times it's just really boring stuff so i can't i have to say today's gonna be boring man <laughs> so yeah uh but there's no boring day in crypto who am i kidding man there's always stuff going on in crypto uh so let's look at the charts here see what's going on in coin gecko um <clears throat> bitcoin's thirty nine thousand thirty six dollars and 36 cents and uh hold on let me just refresh the screen to make sure that this is correct a lot of times i forget to refresh my screen and I'm sitting there reading yesterday's prices. Um, yeah, I'm not like a technical analysis dude, you know. I just, oh yeah, yeah, I was reading the wrong. But so thirty-eight thousand six hundred and thirty-three dollars and six cents. Um, Ethereum's at two thousand five hundred and thirty-three dollars and fourteen cents. Tether's a dollar. Uh, Binance BNB. Uh, now that they call it, they don't call it the Binance Smart Chain anymore. They call it the BNB chain. So, all right, um, three sixty-five twenty-two. Uh, USDC 90 cents, stable coin, XRP 75 cents, Terra up 17.5% in the past seven days, $91.29. Um, we have Cardano at 79 cents, Polkadot 17.23, Binance USD stable coin, Avalanche. Um, I mean, most of the stuff is down in the red in the past 24 hours because we did have a little bit of a pump yesterday. Um, apparently. Elon Musk said that he's not selling in any of his crypto assets and not selling any of his Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, the market moves when Elon Musk speaks, right? <laughs> oh, man, I never thought I'd see the day. Um, Dogecoin, 11 cents. Um, let's see here. Sheebs, some weird number below 0. 0.00002145. Uh, Kronos, um, they, there's a Shiba Inu Dow that's... that's that's yeah uh, hold on let me just take a quick look there's there's some of these articles i was reading uh for the decentralist newspapers coming out uh decentralist number two brought to you by dow planet and uh let me see if i can find this little article about shiba inu um let's see shiba shiba dow is born to bring shiba inu community more say over the shibu going governance token uh, let's see here open link all right so i'm uh 
kind of interested to read about that because you know it's, it's kind of like the the rona you know it's kind of just like backed off into the, out of the limelight <laughs> out of the public eye whenever some new stuff has come around and everybody seems to have forgotten about it so what did what what's going on with shiba inu here um alex dob dob yeah okay um DAO 1, the first iteration of Shiba Inu's decentralized autonomous organization has gone live on ShibaSwap, decentralized exchange. I don't even know anything about ShibaSwap. The first version of Doggy DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization for members of the Shiba Inu community, has launched on decentralized cryptocurrency net exchange ShibaSwap this Friday, according to an announcement shared by the project's developers. Um, and uh, these are some tweets, I guess. We are happy to announce Doggy Dow will be officially launched in the upcoming hours with our first phase. Uh, bring it brings community voting rights while also accomplishing a closer path to our mission for decentralization. I mean, you know what? Shiba Inu has zero value, um, pretty much. It's like 0.00002148, I think, was the price. Um, the only way people are making money are on subtle shifts because whenever something you have so much of a token and it makes even a slight tick of a movement, um, you can make some money. Um, and that's what people have been doing. They've just purely been speculating on meme coins, but they're trying to give it a use. And if there's a DAO and if you're using this useless token as kind of a governance token, I mean, hey, more power to them. Uh, that's the way I see it. You know, if you can make utility out of something useless, go for it. So from now on, community members will be able to vote on which specific projects and trading pairs will be part of the ShibaSwap's wolf liquidity pools. Following the launch of a new version, the team will be gathering community feedback before moving on with a new version. ShibaSwap users will be able to cast their votes with the help of T-Bone tokens, which can be obtained by staking the Bone Governance token. Each voting session stakes five days before it gets closed. The community will be able to pick new pair trading pairs bi-weekly. A total of 30 trading pairs will be added to the liquidity pools. The developers are urging the community to do their research before giving their vote to any particular project to make sure that particularly risky cryptocurrencies won't end up on the ShibaSwap exchange. Once again, we ask you, please understand, while not ignoring risks that could be associated with an infant, unknown, audited, unaudited, or potentially newer project, so please vote responsibly. I mean, I know this is Shiba Inu, and it's kind of a joking, you know, I mean, the whole project to me is a joke, and, but it does sound like the community is trying to make something out of it. They're using the Shiba Inu token as a governance token. They have the bone governance token. They're asking people to participate in their DAOs, asking people to vote and to really participate in that way and, and to care about proposals and DAOs is like pulling teeth. I've, that's one of the big things that I've gathered now since I've been a part of I'm, of three DAOs. And, um, and yeah, getting people to, to be active and vote on stuff is a pain in the ass. Um, but, you know, same thing with our local community elections, you know, like... A lot of people say change doesn't happen by you electing the president. You know, it doesn't matter if it's Biden or Trump or whatever. Change really happens whenever you're voting at the community level, you know, and voting for for uh, student board members and you know local Congress people and local count city council people and stuff like that. That's where like real change happens. Then people don't ever vote on that, and you get like one pocket of mouthy people that really are the only ones that vote on it. And everybody else is just kind of like, ah, you know, I don't know when we were too busy with work or whatever. And then Dow's me, you know, maybe they're just like, it's, it's like maybe 10% if at best 
are, are really really participate in the DAOs um, through the discords and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. Uh, so what's Shiba Inu's necessary precautions here? And they don't want, you know, crap to end up on their exchange, even though I think they're kind of a crap token. But, uh, you know, yeah, um, you don't want unaudited scam tokens to come through your, your swap exchange. So necessary precautions in order to avoid all sorts of scams. The Guardian 6.9 wallet, 69 man, will have final say in whether a certain project can be onboarded by ShibaSwap. Um, as previously announced by the Shiba Inu devs, the first it, uh, uh, iteration of the Doggy Dow project will come together with a new staking contract, which is supposed to reduce the influence of deep-pocketed whales by extending the lockup period for bone tokens. So, you know what? This is not terrible, you know? Um, Shiba Inu is kind of draws in, like, the you know, slimy um, people in the crypto space, like, just pure speculation they don't care about tech and all that stuff but it looks like they formed this DAO and they're starting to bring in the concept of a DAO to maybe some other people who would normally not care or be exposed to it and they're bringing in the concept of governance automated governance um, so I look at the silver linings of all this and I can see you know that they they're there this is this is a great teaching tool so hey man more power to you all right um, so let's move on all right, let's go back here. Um, and let's see. Man, nothing really stands out. Chainlink's at $13. Um, I don't know, man. Elrond is at six, up 16%, um, 152.07. Um, ahead, hey, what's up, Ahead? He says, uh, the problem with Shiba is you can't take it seriously, which makes it highly risky, even when th what they're trying to do does not add anything new. Yeah, you're right. Um, it does not add anything. I can't, I don't like Shiba Inu, honestly. I don't like Doge. I don't like the doggy meme tokens, but at best, you know, if you're trying to find some kind of silver lining, they, um, will at least they're, they're like the gateway drug and we'll, we'll, you know, now that they're trying to do some concepts like Shiba swap and trying to bring in DAOs and governance and, you know, getting people to participate in a community platform. Hey, you know, it's, it's ugly, but it's something. <laughs> uh, hopefully, they'll move on to, to different DAOs. Uh, let's see where Waves is. Um, Waves is up 13.5% um, in the past seven days. Waves is, is that Russian cryptocurrency. And uh, it, with all these sanctions, I saw Waves on the first day of the sanctions spike like 115%. And I've used Waves before, testing it out and stuff like that and poking around. And they have a pretty good, like, decentralized finance platform. Uh, they have a stable coin associated with it. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on over there in that ecosystem. And uh, it, it's fast. It's cheap. Um, yeah, it's a good ecosystem. And the price has been doing very well. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, man. So the people over there, uh, regardless of what you think about the conflict from the top level down, the people over there are finding ways to survive. And it looks like the Waves ecosystem is a, is a thriving in this economic sanction environment. Um, so let's see here. Thorchain. I need to talk about Thorchain at some point. Um, I, I don't know much about it, but it looks like it's up 83.4%. Um, Zcash, a privacy token, up 26.3%. I expect the privacy tokens to be doing very well right now in light of all these sanctions, in light of uh, Infura, like I talked about yesterday, being able to, to shut down IP addresses. Um, 
in light of the Canadian trucker thing, uh, them shutting down people's bank accounts and stuff like that and blocking access to GoFundMe. Um, so a lot of people are now, like the curtain's been pulled back. A lot of people are being exposed to the issue of why we're having cryptocurrencies in Bitcoin in the first place. Because before people were like, well, you know, it's just like digital currency, man. You know, you, it's just like me swiping my ATM card at the Quickie Mart. No, it's not because the ATM card at the Quickie Mart, they can shut down at any point. And then if you bring in CBDCs, it's like that control on crack, you know, like they can shut down and tell you, you know, they give you a little bit of money, tell you how fast you need to spend it, where you need to spend it. If you happen to go to jail because you have a joint in your car, then suddenly you're on probation and then they can sit there and regulate your entire life. I've been on probation before. It sucks. You got to check in with a probation officer and if they suddenly decide when and how you're going to spend your money on top of that probation and geofence you, you know, you can't spend money out of a geofence location, you know, I mean, come on, you know, do you really want that type of control? So that's well beyond just your, your ATM check card that you have, your little visa card. So yeah, sure. They're already tracking you. It's inevitable. But do you really want that extra level of control that the CBDC brings in? Well, you know, this is what Bitcoin was initially set out to try to get away from. And um, this is what Ethereum initially is supposed to, to take control over. But now we have things creeping in like Infura that are centralized points that they can be shut down. Um, you know, like they were shutting down people from Venezuela being able to use MetaMask. You know, like that's just a slippery slope. What next? Um, so anyways, privacy tokens like Zcash, Secret Network, um, you know, things like that. I, I don't know if ThorChain is a privacy network or not, but, uh, and Monero, you know, like a lot of these privacy networks are doing pretty well recently in light of all the recent world events. So that brings me to this tweeter, um, Jack Newald. and hold on, let me shut the door. The cat likes to open it, you know, so... <laughs> The cat comes in and like sits there and just like pushes the door open in the morning. And I don't like the door open because the rest of my house is asleep. And, you know, here I am with my booming voice, you know, sitting there talking about crypto news. It's probably the last thing my wife wants to wake up to is crypto news. Um, so, uh, all right. Uh, so Jack Newald is somebody I follow on Twitter. I don't know anything about this guy. Um, you know, he just seems to write some pretty good threads. He has a newsletter called The Crypto Pragmatist. That's pretty good. Um, and um, yeah, so if he's a total douche canoe, I'm sorry. But uh, I think the, the, the dude's a pretty good Twitter threader. So yeah. Um, so all right, I did it so you don't have to. Here's a thread on what Biden's executive order sets out for the industry. Speaking of the CBDCs like we were just speaking about and all the limitations and privacy uh, violations that CBDCs can bring onto your life. And here's what might mean for crypto investors like you and me. This is Biden's executive order. All right, so it wasn't as bad as people thought it was going to be, apparently. And I'm obviously late to the news on this because I got a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, um, I'm not going to be like your instant news guy, you know. If you want instant news, and if actually, here's a YouTuber that I started out with that I really like, and I haven't listened to him in a while, but uh, he taught me so much about crypto that, and he was the one that inspired me to do this show. I was like, man, if this dude can do it, I can do it. You know, not in a bad way, but uh, um, it's digital asset news right here, bite-sized crypto news. 
Um, he, he really covers, I mean, he, back when I started see, watching him back in 2019, he was just covering some of the basics or early 2020, some of the basics of crypto, you know, like what is a proof of stake network? You know, what does this coin do? What does that coin do? Yada, yada. Um, now he's kind of found his voice and his focus, and he really focuses a lot more on news um, and large, you know, macro trends and, you know, what's Bitcoin doing? He looks at Glassnode and looks at how much Bitcoin's on the exchange. By the way, a lot of Bitcoin has just like completely migrated off of the major exchanges. And I learned that here on Digital Asset News. And what that means is that a lot of people are holding Bitcoin. And that means that Bitcoin is most likely not going to experience a large sell-off. And uh, the price probably won't be going down. It'll either remain stagnant or it'll go up. Um, and so that's what's going on with Bitcoin. A ton of Bitcoin has just been flying off the exchanges. And I think that's because of all these these controls and these regulations and you know, the idea that the curtain being drawn back on the whole idea of them being able to um, surveil you and stop you from donating to things like GoFundMe um, for, for all this money printing that's going on, this inflation, we are now at like 8%, I believe, which is the highest since 1981. Um, so yeah, I think in 1981, it was 14% back then. And that's using those numbers. I think if they were to use today's numbers back then, we would probably see you know, more inflation now than then. Um, I mean, I see inflation. I'm now having to roll out another price increase at work. I work in manufacturing and, and we, we manufacture a commodity hoses, you know, propane hoses, water hoses, pest control hoses, whatever, for whatever type of application, we are a plant, a factory that extrudes those things. And, uh, you know, I've had to dish, you, dish out last year in 2021, four different price increases, 5%, 5%, 11%, and 6%. That's a lot of different price increases all in one year. And then now I'm getting ready to roll out another 5 or 6 or 8%. I don't know how much yet. And my my customers, at first, they were all pissed, you know. And then now they're just kind of like, all right, man, what's, uh, what's the next price increase? You know, so... I don't know, man. It kind of sucks to be on the end of the person just being like, you know, all right, here you are. Because, you know, at first they're like, this is a racket. You guys are taking your price gouging. You're like, no, we're not, man. Like, I'm literally passing on to you like less than half of the price increases that we're getting. So there's like this balance, you know, as a, as a person who's providing a product and selling something to somebody else. How much do you raise prices on your customers while maintaining integrity? And then what is the limit to where you start to not make any money and it's no longer worth doing business, you know? And uh, this is a constant struggle, back and forth question that people use in business. And uh, all this stuff, inflation is is, is you know, a huge issue. Uh, the idea with, with Bitcoin coming in being a kind of store of value, you know? So for, for all this stuff... You know what's really a store value is, um, uh, man, McDonald's hamburgers. Yeah, you could store one of those burgers in the closet and it will still be good since like 1996, you know. <laughs> I don't know if it's good to eat, but it's probably just as good to eat an old burger from 1996 as it is now. <laughs> 
So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if you if you held that burger since 1996, you could probably still eat it. And that's what's gross. And that's what's wrong with society, man. Um, so anyway, uh, I've seen that. Have you seen that video where, the, where some lady, you know, had a, a, a McDonald's Big Mac from 1996 and it was just like lost in a closet somewhere and they found it. And it still looked exactly the same. The meat was not decomposed. Um, so that is a major problem. And that's a problem that we're having with everything in society. It doesn't die. It, it's, it preserves itself. It's fake. It's not real. And, uh, yeah, you know, so um, it's... It, <laughs> I don't know how I got on that tangent. Okay, anyway, back to this executive order on Biden. Okay, so Jack Neval says, first of all, it's important to touch on what this executive order does. When people think executive order, they think there will be an immediate change. With this one, not so much. All right. Um, ahead says inflation will eat all the the fiat value before we know it. And that makes it the best time ever to store your money value in Bitcoin. You're absolutely right. And then now with these executive order, with this executive order happening, there's, you know, some recognition here that the government, government, government is recognizing cryptocurrency and it's kind of on board to, to maybe start doing some stuff with it. So no direct or, or action will be taken from this order, at least yet. It lays out a process it only lays out a process and series of deadlines for an interagency team to write framework around digital assets in six different broad categories. This will culminate in report delivered to by the president. Um, so yeah, it's right now it's just kind of opening the door. You know, the government's like, hey, we're here. You know, um, so the very first paragraph seems to take an optimistic tone on crypto and the crypto market, citing um, one dramatic growth and then two total crypto market cap and three CBDCs. Seems like a promising way to start the report. Section one policy advances in digital and distributed ledger technology for financial services have led to dramatic growth in markets for digital assets with profound implications for the protection of consumers, investors, and businesses, including data privacy and security, financial stability and systemic risk, crime, national security, the ability to exercise human rights, financial inclusion and equity, and energy demand and climate change. God, that was a run-on sentence. Um, in November 2021, non-state-issued digital assets reached a combined market capitalization of $3 trillion of digital assets up from approximately $14 billion in early November 2016. Uh, monetary authorities globally are also exploring and in some cases introducing central bank digital currencies. And I know several other countries already have central bank digital currencies in the process, in the works. <clears throat> um, there are six categories of objectives, in quotes, set out by the executive order. These are objectives that the report to be delivered by the president will address. Uh, one, protect consumers, investors, and businesses. It's all about your protection. We're here to protect you. Yeah. This section seems to speak more to centralized businesses than decentralized protocols. It touches on the past failures of exchanges to protect assets and consumer data. It seems to outline protecting investor privacy as a priority. Number two, protect U.S. and global financial stability. <laughs> this section covers compliance and lack of existing legislation, but the main idea is same business, same risks, same rules. It also recognizes that legislation might need to change to address new types of assets. <laughs> you don't say. Um, so three, address illicit finance. This section specifically addresses sanctions, money laundering, financing of terrorism, and cybercrime. It does seem to suggest that it's well within reason for the U.S. government to regulate decentralized platforms. In the text quoted below, 
When digital assets are abused or used in illicit ways or undermine national security, it is in the national interest to take actions to mitigate these illicit finance and national security risks through regulation, oversight, law, enforcement actions, or other use of other United States government authorities. And uh, number four, reinforced financial U.S. leadership. This one, in my opinion, is the most optimistic section. Here, Biden clearly outlines that the administration doesn't want to push crypto abroad. Uh, also notable, they want to protect the regime and superiority of the dollar. And so they're, I mean, are they really trying to scramble around and protect this dollar? Uh, I was, I've said before, you know, a lot of these third world, I hate to use the term third world because, you know, they're not less than. In a way, the, the non-industrialized nations are more than the United States because the United States is so encumbered down by our own technology, by our own bureaucracy, by our own regulations. And a lot of these other countries are so nimble and quick. Um, Nigeria, for example, you have people, you know, with crypto wallets everywhere transmitting back and forth, um, you know, <clears throat> driving the warlords absolutely crazy. You know, because the people have the power in their hands through the power of their cryptocurrency wallets and they can transfer money you know, without oversight. Um, so those that are in the know are in the know. Um, if you're not, you're kind of starving. But, you know, it's a, the, 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 they're, they're nimble, they're quick, they're easy to adopt. The Philippines, for instance, are using play-to-earn games in order to earn an income that's more than that they would make in a month, um, you know, doing whatever regular jobs they might do over there. They're using Axie Infinity, creating the Axie Infinity Academy in order to be able to loan out players. They're creating, an, I've past few episodes, I've talked about that entire play to earn economy so these these third world in quotes uh, economies are moving so much faster than the united states and then once cryptocurrency really takes hold and becomes like the dominant way to do business they're going to be light years ahead of where we are in the united states and uh, you know by the time they try to implement some kind of global cbdc there will be so many ways around this centralized control to subvert it um, that there will be two economies you know the one the economy, the CBDC, if you get trapped in that net, man, you haven't done your homework, you know, there because now there's so many ways that I think that we'll be able to get around it. And if you do any slight bit of homework, you can see, you know, through whether it be privacy coins or what, you know, that's why I keep up on this stuff. So I can try to stay ahead of this game and know what's going on so I can not get trapped in that snare of surveillance state. Um, so, uh, he, uh, he he quotes a tweet here, Joseph Todaro. I said, I think the U.S. government under, might understand it needs to slow down on the regulation and allow the market to put USD-backed stablecoins in the hands of billions of global participants. Okay, uh, Jack Newell goes to step number five, point number five um, ab about this directive. Uh, I need to get back on focus. So access to safe and affordable financial services. Here, the order addresses both financial services domestically and cross-border payments slash remittances. Um, it also recognizes that some Americans are underserved by the current banking system. So finally, they, they recognize that some people might not be able to. I mean, all these these fees that you get, the ATM fees, the overdraft fees, people are struggling to pay their bills. And then somehow, you know, they find themselves on all these subscriptions. They might have forgotten about some dumb Netflix subscription or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, bam, it goes through their bank account. It was unexpected. And, you know, some annual subscription. And then they get an NSF fee that's $35. 
you know, then some other transactions might go through and there's like $35 times four all going through their bank and then they get caught in this cycle. And that's what the real regular people go through and all this, you know, banking system abuse with all these fees and fines and all this crap that the banking industry makes billions of dollars off of. And that's what a lot, why a lot of people are going to cryptocurrency in the first place to take the control out of the bankers' hands who are exploiting the lower and middle classes with all these fees and fines. Um, so... And the, the United States is finally, you know, starting to recognize those, right? The United States government. So, and then point number six, support adva technological advances. This section particularly speaks to climate change, looking for crypto to reduce negative climate impacts and environmental pollution while simultaneously protecting privacy and security. Uh, then the order dives into the logistics of creating the report, as well as touching on a, on a CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, which is why I've been talking about this whole time. Um, this order subtly highlights the CBDC as a tool for the U.S. to retain dominance in using the dollar as a world currency, focusing on cross-border payments. All right, so now, yeah, uh, this order, but by the time they actually get around to doing this stuff, uh, the, <laughs> who knows what the dollar is going to be looking like. So the order independently taps the Fed to do research into CBDC as well. Um, the framework to handle these matters is due in 180 days with a final report due in a year. In 90 days, the executive report requires action and forward movement on illicit finance, maybe with the accelerated timeline due to the conflict in Russia. Um, I thought the order was overall optimistic. Not me. This is Jack Newell talking. Although with legislation, the devil is in the details. You don't say, huh? As an American, I'm exceptionally excited that Biden is recognizing the importance of fostering the industry domestically. Um, honestly, I don't think Biden's recognizing anything. I think this is just like, you know, him as a talking head of the overall state uh, recognizing the importance of fostering the industry domestically. Um, so... But the market seems to have reacted bullishly, which feels promising. And then he says, "What more?" Threat? So he's shilling him his, his newsletter here, the crypto pragmatist. But uh, yeah, man, that's that's um, Jack Newald's take on it. Um, here's his newsletter, the crypto pragmatist. This is a pretty good newsletter. Um, I, I subscribe to it, so. Yeah, that's where I get some of my daily information that I try to bring to you. Oh, thanks for the like on the here. Uh, whoever did that like, I'm assuming it's probably ahead because he commented on here. And I appreciate you. I've seen you here on on, on my show before. Um, you've commented during interviews. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, not a lot of people catch this live broadcast because I don't really announce it. Um, but more people actually watch the, the rerun um, or the Spotify audio version. All right, man. So that being said, I think I'll close that out. Those are some of the details. I'll link this report. Um, there's some you know, comments below. Um, let's see here. Some, Mojo says government involvement in the crypto space is not a good thing, regardless of how optimistic Biden's order sounds. Don't forget the founding principles of crypto decentralization and privacy. Great point. Um, the whole point of this space is to play outside of the system. You're right. And I'm going to be playing outside the system any chance I get. Um, and then Maud um commented back to Mojo saying government involvement in the crypto space is irrelevant. It can't be regulated by design as long as they're properly decentralized. So malicious entities like the state has no control. Also, the new system doesn't need permission from the one it replaces. And that is a major key point about cryptocurrency. It should be permissionless. It should be de decentralized and it should allow for privacy, even though it's pseudo private because everything is transparent on the blockchain. Um, so and then hasp.eth says, I think people are getting too optimistic on some vague wording. Governments are experts at selling you poison while touting it as vitamins. Anything that happens will be skewed to benefit the wealthy, probably by adding gatekeeping to crypto access. 
And uh, let's see. And then Baobab underscore zero X says the old bait and switch. Yeah, at the point that they'll realize they can't re regulate truly decentralized platforms and probably be heavy handed with legislation. But I know the crypto community will adapt looking past tokens and JPEGs. There's a lot of innovation. That's exactly um, uh, why I'm in this, you know, to educate myself, to know how to jump on the lily pads and not get sucked in by the swamp. You know, that's why you need to educate yourself. You got to learn where those lily pads are. You have to learn how to navigate through all this, this quagmire of regulation and tentacles constantly, you know, coming at you. You have to be nimble. You have to be quick and agile and jump on the lily pads and to learn how to navigate through this, not just for you, but for your family, you know, and for your friends who are not going to listen to any of this and who will call you some kind of MLM Ponzi scheme type of person or whatever and you just ignore those that that FUD and those comments and you keep on doing what you're doing, you know, because you are the smart one. You're, you're learning about all this stuff and then you will be the person in the future that will help all these people who are being caught in these tentacles of CBDCs and the, these geonet you know, <laughs> social credit system fences. Um, so anyway, yeah. Oh, all right, man. I could go on on some of these comments. Most of these comments uh, basically are saying this executive order is just, you know, crap. But um, yeah, anyway. All right. That being said, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. And tomorrow I'm going to have that guest on, Proof of Beans, some random person I met on Twitter. So um, yeah, all right. Um, I will talk to you then. Let me find my outro on here. Um, uh, did I delete my outro? Well, shoot. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically. If you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A, John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you would like to donate some stablecoin or Ethereum, please feel free to send it to EurekaJohn.crypto or EurekaJohn.eth. This will help with the gas costs for all these protocols that I mess around with. Because that gas adds up and I ain't rich. Yet. Thanks again. Thanks again.